Are you overwhelmed with how much work it takes to create and sell a digital product? On this episode, we talk how and why to outsource work to a virtual assistant. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you, who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and it's time to build your empire. Welcome back, Rebels, to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast. We have a great show in store for you today. I asked a good friend, Avani, to come on the show today to talk about a very interesting and important topic. Now, the conversation that Avani and I had was actually a little bit different than what Avani usually talks about. So if you're not familiar with who she is, Avani runs a UX design freelance business and helps other freelancers get more clients and scale to six figures in their freelance business. Avani believes that a successful and sustainable freelance business unlocks unlimited flexibility and fun and loves helping others get to that place so that they can truly live the life that they love. She's also the host of the Six Figure Freelance Podcast. If you guys haven't checked that out yet and you are currently running a freelance business or you hope to run a freelance business, definitely go check that out. She releases podcasts twice a week. And you can also find her hanging out on Instagram stories, which is where we connected. But Avani's actually not coming on the show today to talk about starting a freelance business. Instead, our conversation is focused more on how you as a digital product creator can leverage freelancers and virtual assistants to help make your lives easier. Now, if you are currently creating a product or you've already created a product, you know how much work digital product creation entails. There's just so much that goes into it. It's one of those things that seems effortless on the outside, but then when you get into everything, into the details, into the nuts and bolts of everything, it takes a lot of work, a lot of know-how, and if you're doing it all alone, it's possible, but it's gonna take you a little bit longer and probably add on a lot of extra stress. Using a freelancer virtual assistant to help relieve some of that burden will expedite your efforts tenfold and honestly there are some things and we talk about I won't get too much into the details now because we talk about this in the conversation but there are some things that you might not be an expert in that a freelancer is an expert in so why wouldn't you offload that to a freelancer who's going to help do it better and quicker than you so that's what Avani and I are talking about on the show today it's a really interesting conversation and whether or not you have the budget to hire out some work right now it's important for you to listen and understand this because as your business grows you have to offload stuff in order for your business to scale uh, at some point you will reach max capacity and you won't be able to do any more and you need to leverage the assistance of other people in order to continue growing your business and in order to continue growing your profits so without further Further ado, let's dive into the conversation with Avani. You guys are really gonna like it. So let's get started. So hey everyone, my name is Avani and I run a UX consulting business. I started out as a freelancer. Now that business has grown and I still consider myself a freelancer, but what I'm so excited about is now I'm able to share with others what I learned in this journey as a freelancer. So I'm actually a business coach for other freelancers and I help them get more clients and use systems to scale to six figures and beyond. So I'm super pumped about all that. I also have my own podcast where I I talk all about 
entrepreneurship, freelancing, making money online. And that's the six figure freelancer podcast. Love it. And I, when I found you online, I instantly connected with you. I love, you know, I love, I just love your content, but I particularly love the topic of um, hiring out to freelancers because it's something that I think a lot of people who are creating products to sell online don't realize that they should consider. They think, oh, I might not, I don't have the budget. I can't afford to hire out anything. I can't offload any of my stuff to someone else because that's just not in the cards for me financially right now. But I'm excited to talk about how that mindset could potentially be shifted. Before we start talking about that, can you tell us a little bit more about how you even got into this? Like, did you at some point work for somebody else and then create your own consultancy business? How did that work? So I had really great jobs in in the tech industry, basically. I've been a user experience designer for many years now, and I got to work at some really cool companies around Austin, Texas, where I live. And that's where I really understood what does it mean to build good products? What does it mean? What does it take to build good products? What's my role in it? What's the product strategy behind it? How do you talk to users and get feedback, incorporate that into products and design and how everything kind of works together? I learned all of that. And then at one point I realized that I wasn't learning or growing in my position anymore. And I was just really hungry for a big challenge. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do things on my own. I've learned a lot here. I'm sure I can learn a whole lot when I jump off on my own and try to fly. So I did. And the easiest way for me to get into entrepreneurship was to become a freelancer. It was to really sell my services that I had been doing in-house as a package or as a retainer to other people who also run consumer-facing tech companies. So that's exactly what I did. And for me, that was just my door in to entrepreneurship because Ultimately, I wanted to do a lot more than that, but I needed that freedom and flexibility to have space for creativity, white space in my day to be able to like not do things on Fridays and record podcasts like today. <laughs> and I needed that to happen. And the only way I saw that at that time that could happen was if I left my job, made money freelancing and unlocked my time for myself. So that's kind of how I got into entrepreneurship. And when I did that, I realized that getting things set up as a freelancer, I had a lot of trial and error, but once I got things set up, it was like a system that could work for me. And all I had to do was just, I had to sell and I had to create good designs and I had everything else set up and made that made things really, really easy for me to scale to six figures within my first few months as a freelancer. And at that point I was like, I need to share this with the world. So that's kind of how all of that fits in together and how all that came to be. I love that you mentioned that freelancing was kind of your step into entrepreneurship because I know you're you're now selling your own course and your business is starting to evolve in a lot of different really cool ways. But it's so cool to see that you got your start with freelancing and now you're helping so many other people get their start in um, the online business world as a freelancer as well. Really cool. So you're the expert in freelancing, I would say, willing, <laughs> willing to argue that point. People who are listening to this podcast are creating a product or they already have a product that they're trying to scale um, and just exponentially grow. And so obviously we have this huge workload of things that we need to do. And so one of the topics that I like to talk about is outsourcing, offloading, whatever you want to call it, hiring out. Can you tell somebody what that 
entail? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I also fit into the category that you just mentioned, a creator that's building digital products and has a lot going on. Like I'm running a consulting business that gives, that's like a multiple six-figure consulting business. And I'm doing this in addition to that. So you can imagine my time is limited, right? And because my time is limited out of necessity, I've had to outsource. And so let's talk about that for a second. Outsourcing is very simple. It's just getting someone else to do work that you have on your plate so that you don't have to do it. (laughs) And it's simple, but it is magical. And I want to talk about the mindset that you should have when you are outsourcing. So we are creators. Our zone of genius is making things. We are really good at coming up with ideas, fleshing them out, putting them together, making them a reality, and then coming up with another idea. I don't know about you, but me as a creator, I really don't like doing menial tasks like posting my podcast to my blog every twice a week. I don't like that. I don't like writing my own show notes because I just created the content. Why do I have to create it again? I don't like doing that. And I don't like, um, what else? I don't like having to track my numbers. <laughs> I like to have someone else go log on, pull my numbers, put it on a little dashboard and show me at the end of the month. I don't want to look at my finances if I don't have to. I really don't like that. I just want to focus on making more money. (laughs) So if you realize a pattern from what I'm saying is that my zone of genius is in making things, focusing on being the creator and looking forward, being the visionary of my business. And in order for me to stay in that place, because those are the highest value tasks in my business. If my business is a passive income business, I'm making courses or I'm making you know, other digital products, my zone of genius is for me to stay in that area and that is what's gonna produce the most money. For me to look at what is the strategy, what is the high level thinking. And I can only do that if I can outsource these other tasks, these tasks that maybe are easy that could be get got done in like 10 minutes, but I don't need to do them. Or these tasks that drain me, these tasks that pull me down or the tasks that I just hate or that I'm not good at. If my energy is being sucked away from those tasks, I have less and less time to focus on my zone of genius, the high value and the money making tasks in my business. And that is the reason you need to outsource because your time is worth so, so, so much. So the next time And actually, I do this with everything. I do this with cleaning my house. I do this with doing, actually, I do do my own laundry, but I do this um, because laundry seems, is like kind of easy for me and I just have it in the background. But I do this for groceries. I use Instacart. Where I live, we have Instacart and that's a grocery service that we have. And I'm really thankful that I can make my money work for me in that way. Um, And I'll get to the money part in a little bit, but I want to talk about this concept of outsourcing things. The reason I think it's so important to outsource things even maybe in your personal life is because every time you're doing a task, every time I actually clean my house, I am someone who makes hundreds of dollars an hour. If you're a content creator, you are someone who makes hundreds of dollars an hour and you are working on a $20 an hour task right there. So when you are cleaning your house, when you are vacuuming, unless it brings you so much joy, then we disregard what I'm saying. But if it does not bring you joy, if you're vacuuming your house, you're losing $80 an hour right there, at least. If you, if you put 100 on your time, I, I would say, argue that my time and your time are worth way more than that. But $80 an hour. So next time you vacuum, think about that. Next time you send out an email manually um, or, or post a blog manually, think about how much time, um, how much money you lost hourly for that time you just spent sending out that thing. 
So that's kind of how I want you to think about it. Even like creating email, designing email things or designing, designing things. I'm a designer and I'm saying that I outsource designing <laughs> um, because designing can be a $50 an hour task or a $40 an hour task or even a $15 an hour task, depending on what you're talking about. If I've done the heavy lifting and create a template, someone else can do it. And my time is worth hundreds of dollars. So every time I work on that small task of let me make those podcast graphics really quick, I literally lost like $180 an hour right there. So um, that's what I want you to think about when you're thinking about outsourcing. Reframe your mindset around what is your zone of genius that is the highest value task in your business. And then also think about what is your time worth? Because we are entrepreneurs. We're not here to be minions in our own business. We are here to create money-making machines. And a money-making machine does not get created because you spent time posting something on WordPress and creating SEO stuff or something and tags and whatever. So you can tell I don't do this much anymore. <laughs> but that is what I want you to think about when you think about your mindset around outsourcing and hiring things out. It can change your world. Amazing point. I love that you brought that up because I think that it's more common for people to think I don't have the budget to outsource than it is than it is for them to think how much money am I losing by not outsourcing. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Okay, so uh, what about the people who are perfectionists and they're like, no, 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 I can do it better. I'm so happy you asked that question <laughs> because I often consider myself that person. Again, I'm going back to that point. I'm a designer. If you know a designer, they obsess over every single pixel. The color needs to be just right. The alignment needs to be just right. Everything needs to be perfect. And I'm someone who feels that way. And I'm now outsourcing design work. And I do agree that maybe if someone who is a junior designer is doing design work for me, it's going to take them two exit time it is for me to take it, to do that design work. That, that is like really hard for me to swallow sometimes. However, that two hours that they're spending gives me an hour back. And then that hour back is something I can work on like sales and stuff. But you talked about the perfectionist part there. That person who's going to spend two hours to do it after they work for an hour, they're going to give me something to get feedback on. And now I have to give them feedback. And I have, I always have this urge. Oh my gosh, they did this wrong. I could just do it and fix it in like two minutes and send it off to the world. The time that it takes you to get into that program or get into that email thing or get into Kajabi or whatever it is to change that thing, you have to task switch. So you have to change your context. You have to figure out what they've been doing and you have to think about like that idea Then you have to implement that idea. And then you have to task switch again to get back to what you were doing initially. And that wastes so much brain power and so much energy. We only have a certain amount of energy per day. So every time you do that, every time that perfectionist kicks in inside of you, you and you and you succumb to it, you are losing that brain power to work on that high value task for later on. So my recommendation is have a feedback system in place and resist the urge to be that technician in your business. A technician is someone who is executing for you. And we've all been technicians. We all start out as technicians in our business. But I want you to realize that you need to up-level in your business, like the role that you're playing in your business and go from a technician to a manager. That's the next level up. So now instead of me having the urge, like, ah, oh, it's just the wrong color. I'm going to comment back to that person in Asana or whatever task management system I'm using and say, Hey, this is wonderful. Can you change the color and this other piece and this other piece and send it off to them? 
and let them take care of it. Let them do it. Know that that's their job. Also, when you, the moment you jump in and let your perfectionist mind take over, you are actually hurting their ego and you're hurting their ability to want to keep working for you. Because I don't know about you, but I hate when people micromanage and take over the task that they gave me to do. It makes me feel like they don't trust me. It makes me feel like they don't value me. It makes me feel like they could work with anyone. It doesn't have to be me. So that's another thing in like building a good team. If you're really looking to have freelancers or virtual assistants be with you for some time, and I know it's exhausting to find new ones. Trust me. If you want that person to be with you from some time, you have to let them make mistakes and learn. They'll learn eventually that you're a perfectionist and that you want it a certain way. They will. And you might have to tell them three times, but you have to like kind of put that piece of you aside and realize this is an investment for your business, investment in, in yourself and your energy, because you have to protect your energy as a creator. And I also think there is something to be said about the fact that a lot of times you're hiring a freelancer to fill a gap in your own knowledge. And so, yeah, they might make a mistake here and there, but they're also adding so much additional value that you couldn't have given yourself. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. I actually am so happy you brought that up because my first outsource hire was a developer, a WordPress developer, because I actually kind of know how to do WordPress development, but I'm, I have like very limited knowledge and I really, really hate it. And I'm not an expert. Like it's just really not my zone of genius. So that was my first hire on a project that I was like banging my head against the wall to figure out. And I spent six hours on something and I hired someone and they did it in one hour. And it's not perfect. When my developer implements things, he doesn't see the things the way I see them in my design eye. So I'm always giving him feedback, but it's still saving me time. And it's almost a blessing in disguise to hire out something that you're not good at because it forces you to not take over and be like, I can just do this really quick. It forces you to be like, oh, here's the feedback. Go ahead and implement that feedback. Um, so it's even better if you're not good at it and you just hire right away and you just don't know how it works. Cause I actually think that that tends to be the best type of business owner or someone who has the ideas, but not necessarily all the skills to execute. Cause then they can outsource everything and just focus on what they're really good at. Yeah. You <laughs> want to be, you want to be the visionary to see where your business is going and you want to hire the integrators who can make that vision become a reality for you. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I, I'll, all of these terminologies that you just used and that I used, um, I got it from the book Traction. Have you heard of that book? No, I haven't. I'd love to check it out. Yeah, I forgot who it's by now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look it up and link it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I think I got it here. Yeah, Traction by Gino Wickman. And that's kind of where I got this idea. And it's been floating around in our online world anyway, like the idea of a technician, a manager, a integrator, and a visionary. And that's like the levels that you have in your business. Yeah, for sure. I always think about my personal example of um, running Facebook ads. I I used to try and do that myself and lost lots of dollars and lots of time that I will never be able to get back. And then decided, no, like somebody else is going to be way better at this, going to be able to get more bang for my buck. And I'm not going to have to lose sleep or like tears, <laughs> blood and virtual sweat trying to figure it out on my own. So really Absolutely. good example. Okay, so we've talked about why it's so important to offload and kind of how to shift your mindset. But is there some sort of system that you would recommend in terms of figuring out what tasks we can offload to somebody else? 
Yeah, I think it's worth sitting down and actually listing out what you're doing in a day. Um, if you have a hard time doing that, I think you should install something called Toggle. It's a timer that you can put on your desktop. And I want you to track every single activity you're doing in a day, literally down to the minute. If you took a five minute break, write it down um, in the Toggle. If you spent five minutes on Instagram, write it down. If you spent 20 minutes in Asana and 10 minutes in your email inbox, write it down in, in Toggle. And at the end of the day or at the end of the week, look back at it and see where your time is going. And, you know, if you were in ConvertKit like a, two hours or three hours and you thought you only spent 10 minutes on it and you know all you did was just paste copy in there and like format a few things, maybe that's something you can outsource. If you spent time in WordPress or if you spent time in Facebook ads, like let's say you spent six hours in Facebook ads just to launch like two campaigns. Well, that's not a good use of your time <laughs> at all. <laughs> and I know Facebook ads is, can be a nightmare. Like I... I also outsource that and that's that's just not your probably not your zone of genius so find a find that it's like an ability the opportunity for arbitrage so you can take that moment and get that time back give that to someone else and now you're going to make much more money over that time the six hours that you're getting back from not doing facebook ads because you're going to be doing high value tasks like getting clients or promoting something or your webinar or something like that um so I think start with tracking your time, use a tool like Toggle and figure out where are the discrepancies? Like what did you think actually, what did you think happened in reality, but what actually happened? Like, what did you think happened? Like expectations versus reality. <laughs> yeah. um, and what are the things that surprised you? Um, did it surprise you that you spent, like I said, six hours on Facebook ads? Um, and what are the things that were the high value tasks. So your high value tasks might be writing email copy, um, creating the ebook or recording Q and A calls for your co course or something or for your membership and recording a new course or writing an outline for content. Like how much time did you spend in that? If you spent four hours in that and six hours on Facebook ads, something's wrong here, right? Yeah. So that, that is what I'm talking about. Look at what are your high value tasks? How much money time did you spend on those? And what are the other tasks that you were doing that you were surprised about? And what are the tasks that you know somebody else can do? That you know someone else can do if you give them instructions on how to do it. And lastly, what are the tasks that you were doing that you need to stop doing? Because there are definitely those that exist in your business. For me, one of those things was blogging. Last year, I cut out blogging completely from my business because I realized it's not, first of all, I don't like it that much. <laughs> and second of all, like, yeah, I don't like it that much. <laughs> Um, and I felt like I could produce higher ROI on other things. So what are the things you want to stop, stop doing? So you can actually organize this. If you like list all these things out in a spreadsheet or on a, on a whiteboard, you can organize it as, um, uh, stop, continue, uh, yeah, continue, stop and outsource. That makes sense. Yeah. So you things are, you need to continue doing on your own things you need to stop doing completely and cut out of your business and things someone else could be doing. And that'll help you kind of organize this. And I want to make a note, you might not be able to outsource everything you want to outsource right away, but you can start to prioritize that outsource list. And you can decide like these, this is number one for me because I hate it so much. I, I would actually just prioritize it by how much you like it and how much you dislike it. <laughs> um, so that's the order you need to prioritize in when you're outsourcing. And then that's when you start looking for a virtual assistant or a freelancer who has those skill sets to be able to find 
what those, um, to match like your priority list basically. So maybe start with the top three and you find the people who can help you out with the top three and then you move down the list. As time goes on, you're going to have that entire part outsourced and that's going to be so amazing because now you have 20 hours in your week to be creating things in your business. This is so useful. You guys definitely take that tip. Even if you're not ready mentally, fiscally, whatever, to hire out any services, self-analyzing your every day is going to be really useful for when you are ready to hire out some of that stuff. You can take that spreadsheet that you just created and then start finding the right people to fill the gaps and start chopping things out. And I love that you mentioned, um, you know, figuring out like repeatable for me what I did was I I cut out blogging too which is funny because I I always talk about (laughs) blogging but for the podcast I was like you know what I don't want to write these blogs anymore so instead I'm going to create podcast content and I'm going to give a virtual assistant my podcast recording and she's going to turn it into a blog and then just by transcribing it and kind of making it skimmable and then she's going to create graphics and then I'm going to write the email that goes out. And we're going to create this whole system that all I need to do is three things. Record the interview, send her the file, and then write an email. And then all of a sudden, there's this whole system that just kind of works yeah. on autopilot super easily. It's, it's so magical. That's what I've done for my <laughs> podcast system as well. Um, and I love it. Like, I want to see how many more things I can automate in that way in my business. I'm like, do one more, create one more system every time. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And it makes your life 10 times easier because now I'm able to record so many podcasts and be like months ahead on content, which I was way behind before. And that's all because I was able to hire out a bunch of stuff to somebody who's better at it than me. Exactly. Cool. Okay. So we want to hire somebody. Is there something that we should do first? Like where do we start in that hiring process? I think you should start with a job description, um, a quick job description. It's important to, for you to be able to know what this person needs to do for you and for them to be able to know what they should be doing for you. It can always grow and change and you can have in the contract that you want that to be the case and that like they're not limited to these tasks, but be, be very clear when you're outlining those, what are the things they're going to do? What is your expectation in time per week? And have that written out, put it in a Google doc. And then I think you need to start getting the word out there that you're looking for someone. I would recommend If you're going for a virtual assistant, I think Facebook groups are a really good place to start for finding a virtual assistant. I think asking people you admire in the way they run their businesses for recommendations, like, hey, who do you work with? Who's your assistant? Do they have bandwidth? That's another great way to go. So referrals and Facebook groups. I think there are a lot of virtual assistant platforms, but I've never used any of them. I've gotten really good virtual assistants through referrals. (laughs) So that's where I would begin. And I think you should ask questions about, see what their, you know, website or portfolio looks like, see what they've done in the past, what results have they gotten for other clients in the past, and ask them that directly. You should probably have a phone call with them, a 30-minute call to ask these questions, ask them about their availability, um, and test them out. I think that's the best way to go rather than putting in together like a two-month or three-month contract or whatever number of months, test them out for a month, test them out for a few weeks, see if it's a good working relationship and see if you like them and see if they like you because you want this to be a long-term relationship because ideally you don't have to do this again for a long time. So I think you should then, 
if you feel good about that person in that conversation, give them a task and do it, give it a test. Maybe you don't even have to do it for a month. Sometimes I like to just do it for a week and give them a task to test out. So that way you're getting some valuable work done. You're giving them a little bit of money as this test opportunity, but you're not committing for them to them too long until you see what they are like and how they work in your system. I think that's a really, really good way to start. And yeah, I think, I think that's, that's how I would begin. That's my recommendation for you guys. If you're hiring someone like that, do a test week for sure. I've done multiple tests in the past. Like I did a test week on a test project. Then I did a test month. Then I did like a few more weeks after like a few weeks and then I did a test month and then I did a six month contract. So it just really depends. And it really depends on like how important this person is to your team. Like if it's someone who can do a word, like post on WordPress and they can be replaced really easily, maybe there's not a lot to test. But is it, if it's someone that's doing a little bit higher level work, maybe you do want to do a longer test and make sure the working relationship feels good. Okay. Yeah. I, I, love, I love your point about the working relationship because you could find somebody who has the perfect resume, perfect qualifications, but you might just not get along with that person. And that would be really detrimental to your ultimate business goals. Yeah. <laughs> So any recommendations, um, somebody's thinking about hiring out, but they, they don't know, should I hire a VA or should I hire like a, a niche freelancer for this, another niche freelancer for that? What do you think about that? So I think it just depends on the type of work that it is. Um, I don't have a clear answer for this, to be honest. I have done both. I have a VA that does a lot of my podcast management for me. But I used to have a VA do my Pinterest management. Now I've outsourced that to someone who knows Pinterest really well because I had the sense that my previous VA didn't understand Pinterest and I was not getting results. So I needed an expert in that case. So that's when I went for someone who specialized in Pinterest. For designers on my team, I look for freelancers because I want someone who has expertise in designing and especially the type of designing that we do for my clients. It's really, really important that they're top-notch designers. I need them to have worked in a tech company before, understand how engineering's, engineering works and all that pieces, all those pieces. So I'm definitely not going to hire a VA for that. So it really depends on the level of skill set they need to have to perform the task in the way that you want them to perform it. But my virtual assistant helps me in outreach for example for being on people's podcasts she helps me in ordering things like i sent out new year's gifts to some of my clients earlier this month and she helped me with that so that that is perfect perfect opportunity to use a virtual assistant for those types of activities and those types of tasks yeah that's kind a good of just point like, yeah you have to feel it out yeah i would say like just like you can't do everything you can't expect someone you hire to be able to do everything too there's going to be people who yeah. specialize in different things so don't hold other people to standards that you wouldn't also hold yourself to exactly okay so avani this has been so useful i'm sure people are listening to this thinking oh my gosh i need to start thinking about <laughs> hiring a freelancer um but i want to share more about you and where my audience can find you so tell us a little bit about where you are online and where everyone can stalk you virtually <laughs> yes i can say that i just actually wanted to add one more thing before sure. we move on to that so i mentioned money previously and i just wanted to come back to that point because not everyone's ready to start freelancing right away or sorry it's to start hiring out right away mm -hmm. um and i talked about prioritizing things i want you to also put a lens of your budget on top of that and pick out like you will roughly know the 
dollars per hour each task in your in your outsource list looks like so put that number on that task and then start with the lowest dollar amount and start with an hour amount that makes you feel good so that's oh, just that's so like good crossing that on putting that with a lens of budget what you dislike doing plus budget so that'll help you figure out what to do first and i feel like that's a super important point and i didn't want to miss out on that <laughs> no that's good thank you for bringing that up and it also brings up the point of um budgeting just like in your life when you save for anything else you can start saving to hire a freelancer too and that it sounds like this kind of exercise would really help you understand how much you should be saving for. Yeah, you could totally do this in your personal life too. <laughs> yeah, we should be doing this for everything. What are we doing? I know. <laughs> I, at one point I was going to write, it didn't really make sense, but I got really excited about this idea of like automating your life and, you know, hooking up Alexa with a spreadsheet and hooking up the spreadsheet to Instacart or Amazon or, or Whole Foods and being like, Hey Alexa, add bananas to my list. And actually this is definitely, this is possible, but it's like a, you have to add in like a, a zap and things like that. But anyway, it's possible. If you're interested, you can Google it. <laughs> I love it. No, this is so good because it's all about working efficiently. And when you have self-awareness and you value your time and your knowledge, you start to realize that you could, you're wasting a bunch of your life on other stuff and outsourcing beyond your business just shows you that it's an indication that you care about what you're doing. Honestly, that's what I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned the freebie. Yes, we have a freebie and it is the client magnet roadmap. If you are someone who is doing one-on-one -on -one services and is staying up at night, wondering how you're going to get your next client and you're feeling like you haven't gotten a new client in a long time and you don't have a strategy around this, this roadmap is for you. I'm going to go through the five-step framework that I am using to get a steady flow of clients in my business and also maintain five-figure months in my business as a service-based entrepreneur. So if you have if you have that on the side going on, grab this roadmap. It is avanimariala.com slash free and it's there for you. Download it. Check it out. Let me know what you think. I'm so excited for you guys to get your hands on that. Yeah, I love that. Um, I will link to that in the show notes. And just like Avani mentioned earlier, freelancing is a great way to kind of dip your toes in the water to entrepreneurship. So if you're somebody who still has a full-time job or part-time job, or you want to start working, um, but you're not sure how to get into entrepreneurship, this could be the thing that you do to start bringing in some extra income into your business and into your life. So definitely go check that out if you're interested. So where can we find you on social media? Come find me on Instagram. I'm on stories pretty much every day. <laughs> um, and you can find me at Avani Mariala, A-V-A-N-I-M-I-R-I-Y-A-L-A. -I, 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 I think if you just search, search my first name, it'll come up. But I'm there. I want to hang out with you guys. I want to hear from you. I want to talk about everything you're working on. It's like one of my favorite places to hang out besides real life. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Eden. You just listened to episode 17 of the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast with our amazing guest, Avani Miriala, a multiple six-figure freelancer and host of the Six Figure Freelancer podcast. Hopefully you learned a lot this episode, especially about how you can start outsourcing, why outsourcing is so important, and how it can help you and is arguably necessary to grow and scale your digital product business. To learn more about freelancing and to stalk a really amazing freelancer, a six-figure freelancer, definitely go check out Avani on Instagram. Go grab her freebie. Do what you can do to surround yourself with 
her knowledge and her wisdom because she is doing it. She's killing the game. Thank you for tuning in, Rebels. You're amazing. Remember, keep kicking ass, keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. Thank you.